Blog Talk Radio. Take him seriously, they vision be to envy me But I'ma keep on doing me, so go ahead if you want to Because friends to me is any mighty mo You can pick them, but they don't mean that they won't Talk about you to a hater, they should know Then come back to you laughing like they never had a role Ooh. See what I'm saying is I can never need a friend when The word friend be born quicker than the world win I got my own back even if I can see it clear When they get bad, you gon' know who really there But don't expect to get no help when you ain't helped this back Call my money, never told me no or leave me alone Please don't bother, you too childish, I'm too busy You too silly, do you get me? I don't give a damn Nope, still friend me <laughs> Complaining about the lives and how things just keep changing And it's amazing to me the way they keep blaming Everyone but themselves with friends that entertain it That's why I stick to myself, no friends, just family Cause they can see love through my pain and insanity It's just the way that it is, life is funny sometimes Especially when you start to make money They start to get hungry and want something from me Like I can provide for them too I mean, if you work hard as I do to keep the love going, then you will feel the same way I do. It's quite simple now. I never put the pistol down, cause I'm winning now. I've been scripting the future to make my mama proud. And the blueprint's been done for years. A body of work, my daughter and sons will cheer, cause I might leave this earth with nothing. But the legacy I leave behind is gonna be worth something. So all you half-ass fans and damn seasonal friends, keep your hands out of money, they get coming. They don't owe you shit, neither do I, so go cry about your life. Like to some dummy, I don't need you. And if this song offends you, you're the ones I'm talking about. Fuck off, it's simple. Jamie Joshua Live, that was Save Your Soul and Cecil EO. I don't need friends, aka hashtag IDNF. We got DJ Aladdin here on the line. Um the great How's it DJ going? Aladdin. I mean, yeah, um you you've never felt better. Well, no never in the past uh, thirty five seconds. This is about as good as it's got. Uh 
It's a little under the weather, a little cold, a little sore throat, but we're going to tough it out. I could actually hear you coughing during that song. I, I know you could. I was hacking bad. <laughs> I'm tired. You're sick. Like neither one, neither one of us wants to be here right now. We'd rather just be in bed asleep. But we're professionals. That's what professionals do. Yeah, there's, there's no place I'd rather be, as far as everybody knows. <laughs> well, I don't want to be. Here. I eat a couple burritos right. and I'm tired. <laughs> No, I, I appreciate it again, and um, I want to start out with a little word association with this. Uh, where this is a game that uh, I played with my guest last week. I'm just gonna say a name or, or a place or a thing, and then you say a word or a couple words about it. It's it? Word association. I'm Jamie Chatulise. <laughs> Certainly, I'm not gonna say anything that that's pleasant or, or positive. Okay, so the first the first one will be um, Chipotle. Fucky boy, I'm, I mean, that's basically how I feel about Chipotle. I'm, that's my plot spot. I'm going to keep on eating there regardless of uh, the sickness. Hasn't got me yet, so screw them. Now, first, now first, the E. coli uh, breakout, it was from the lettuce at a, at a store, like, somewhere in like, California or something. But then there were all these I think it was like cases, Oregon. Like, yeah, first. like Oregon or something like that. Yeah, somewhere far, far from here, like China or something. <laughs> but then, like, there was a case in Ohio, and then I'm like, man. And, and now, if you, are you, are the lines as long at Chipotle when you go? Because anytime I go past there, it looks dead. Um, you know what? I haven't noticed any change, honestly. I I think people are still th- those of us who have our addictions to burritos. We're we're still showing up. I mean, we're coming to represent the sea, so you know. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. It's it, maybe it's been a little slower. I haven't really noticed it much. Um, but when I go in, it's, I, it, it is what it is. I'm, I haven't gotten sick yet, so until I hear about one coming out of the Chipotle that I'm eating in, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, um, so it's kind of like riding a roller coaster, I guess. You know, some people have died here and there. But that was my thought. No one's died yet from Chipotle. Right, you take your risk. Like when you know, I, and it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, there was jack-in-the-box. Like somebody died, or a couple of people died from eating a jack-in-the-box, and they all closed now I think they I remember that. finally have someone. <laughs> do you remember this? <laughs> I do remember, yeah, I remember, I remember the stories about Jack in the Box. Obviously, we don't have them here in uh, Columbus, Ohio, where we live, but um, like out west and stuff, yeah, they, they, they uh, I heard all about it. And I don't know. I, I think it was the same situation that the people who liked it were still going to go. It is what it is. Yeah, until someone dies from Chipotle, uh, Chipotle's still good. So the next, right. the next thing on the word association, um, the Powerball. Did you get your Powerball ticket? Did you spend twenty dollars when the odds are like a billion to one? Uh, <laughs> Did you win the Powerball? Powerball? You can reveal it right now. You're you're safe if you're the winner. Yeah, the yeah, one yeah, I'm actually the winner that they didn't announce. No, um, uh, split tickets with my buddy. He bought forty dollars worth of tickets. Um, out of the twenty tickets of that modest, we got one number on two individual tickets. So two numbers out of 20 tickets, and that was it. So um, I just feel like it wasn't my time yet, but this Wednesday is, so that's that's all that matters. You know? so you're going to get more tickets Wednesday? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I'm like, like, isn't it kind of better, though, to just get a scratch-off ticket or, or go to the casino, like places where you've actually won money before, as opposed yeah, to the well, Powerball where odds are so stacked against you? 
the odds are stacked against you, but that's how you get the big bucks. This is where I look at, Jamie. If you want to go nationally syndicated, you got to let me hit the Powerball so I can fund your pro- your program to get out there and uh, be nationwide and um, syndicated on morning talk shows and stuff. So I-, I got you covered, buddy. Just just let me go do my thing and win the Powerball on Wednesday, and we'll be all good. Okay, I'll, I'm not even better like that. I'll actually fund you like twenty or forty dollars myself. And, and I figured so. I figured so. you were going to be part of this. <laughs> So, oh, before I get off the uh, Chipotle to uh, try to keep it coherent here on the show, do you have a really bad experience at a restaurant? Like, I think we all mm. do, but do you have a really bad one? Like, like. <laughs> you know, I, I don't have. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say this: this was never like a really bad experience. I didn't have a bad experience at the restaurant, but um, I remember back um, when I was about probably 19 years old, 18, 19. Me and my buddy went to, uh, to Applebee's and. For whatever reason, our food was taking forever. We didn't even notice. We're just sitting there shooting the shit, talking, whatever. You know, next thing you know, forty-five minutes has gone by. We don't have our food yet, but we haven't really thought much about it. Our waiter comes by and he's like, "I don't know what's happened to your food. I'm going to go check on it right now. I don't know why you're still sitting here without food." Comes back again with his manager. Manager goes, "I don't know what happened to your order. It got lost. They're making it now. The meal's on us." Blah blah blah. We weren't even upset about it or anything because we were just chilling. We were going to pay him anyway, so we waited for the the check to come out, and they say, he said, oh, no, there's going to be no check. I said, well, give us what the check would have been. And basically we tipped the waiter the value of the check. So the, it was probably the best tip the waiter got that night because he gave good service. So here's the, here's the thing. My message is this. is not I've had this awful experience at a restaurant, but if you are the employee of the, of the establishment, if you take care of your customer the best that you can within the reasonable – amount that you can because obviously the waiter had nothing to do with our food being late um, or yeah. missing or whatever happened to it. Hopefully the customer will take care of you. So it's it's kind of good karma. But um, no, but I, I'm interested to hear about your, uh, if you've ever had a terrible experience at a restaurant. Well, I mean, so I've, 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 got back at I just, I've got bad stuff. I just never went back. Like I'm not one of these people to complain and, and call the corporation <laughs> But um, what you just said reminded me because I was just out to eat with, with my family, uh, my mom, my brother, and everything at, at a casino because I go there on Christmas night. Um, it's like a new tradition. And the uh, OH, you know, the OH Lounge there, their restaurant. Mm-hmm. They were yeah. they had two people working, you know, <laughs> two people working. You know, my brother was feeling like crap, and then they brought this steak out to my mom, and it was just too well done, and you know. Everything was taking forever. She was like, I can't eat this, you know. <laughs> so she demanded a, another steak. But, you know, I, I told her, I was like, well, it's not the that girl's fault. You know, <laughs> why are you giving her this? Right, she exactly. Like, exactly. Her. She blame where it belongs. It's not fair. It's like yeah, she didn't work today. Okay, so uh, um, it was just Christmas, too. Um, your, your worst Christmas gift you ever got. Okay. You you told me that this question was coming, and I, I know this sounds so lame. It's not the worst Christmas gift I ever got. I'm gonna tell you about the worst Christmas gift I didn't get, and it's so simple. And if, if mom, dad, if you're listening, they're probably not. But if they are, remember this. Back when I was Santa, about, oh yeah, sorry, my my bad. Mom, dad, Dada Claus, Santa mom. Um, back when I was about six years old, the that somewhere around then, I'm gonna date myself is when Return of the Jedi came out. So Return of the Jedi came out. This is topical because Star Wars came out now. I literally, and, I, and the, my, it's my own fault. I never told them what I wanted specifically. 
But I went to bed that night, laying in bed, awake for about 45 minutes, wide awake, couldn't wait to get up in the morning and find Luke Skywalker in his new all-black Jedi outfit, his little figurine, little little $5, $3.50, whatever it was, plastic figure. I couldn't wait for it. And I get up in the morning, and I open up all the presents, and not one Luke Skywalker action figure. I got a Gamorrean guard. If you know who the Gamorrean guard is, the beginning of Return of the Jedi, when the big giant Rancor monster tries to eat um, Luke, but Luke wins, and it's the fat monster that the Gamorrean guard <laughs> ate instead. The fat monster thing. That's what I got. I ended up with like eight of those little little faction figures because you could find them everywhere. Big Lots was selling them for two fifty because there were just too many of. And technically, you couldn't have too many. It's like a stormtrooper. There's lots of them, so more more to play with. I got that, and I didn't get Luke Skywalker in the black outfit, the black glove, and the and the green sword. So yes, I was just about that. So my worst Christmas gift I didn't get was the one I didn't even ask for. Uh, the worst Christmas gift I ever did. I, I'm grateful for anything that I get, so I can't even say. I've ever got a really bad gift, but um, yeah, that's that's the Christmas that sticks out to me is the th- time I didn't get what I wanted, and it was it was so simple five dollars could have made a six year old yeah. kid happy for five bucks. Nope. <laughs> but you got the big sad monster. <laughs> but I got I got a Gamorrean guard. I got a Gamorrean guard. <laughs> well, when I was nineteen or twenty, I got Missile Blaster, a, a toy from my grandma that actually like shoots foam missiles about six inches. Like, you launch these foam missiles, kind of like a Nerf gun, but, like, very right. small. It's called Missile Launcher, Missile Blaster. <laughs> I still have it. I, I kept it, you know. I, um, I Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with this gift. But, yeah, you know, my know, that, you know, my that, that sounds just, like a good gift. I would play with that. <laughs> now she give me, like, you know, 10 bucks in an envelope or whatever, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the guy, the guy I had on last week, uh, Sonny Drastic, he said he got a Hershey bar. <laughs> like, dude, could it just give me a dollar? I'd have been okay with it. <laughs> you, get you, you know what? You, you want to laugh about that? But almost every year I get my son a one-pound Hershey's chocolate bar for Christmas because he loves Hershey's that much. Big, giant-ass one-pound bar. And yeah, but is, damn. Is that, all, I, is that all that you get him? No, no, no. That's not all. That's your only gift to him. Because <laughs> oh, well, this was his only yeah. gift. <laughs> well, if, if times got rough, that might be his only gift, and I guarantee you that kid would still be satisfied. <laughs> His Christmas would be over in about two hours after he just totally stuffed himself on caffeine and chocolate. But yeah, it'd be. Uh, hey, you know, you're you're you're. Just to clarify again, you're DJ Aladdin, but you're an actual DJ. You're not. Your name's not DJ. You know? Right, right. You know, <laughs> your government name was revealed to be uh, Mark when you said "bookstop block." That is better. But, um, but, yeah, you know, if we become Nazi Germany, you know, and and you can't be a DJ anymore, you know, maybe maybe that would be the gift for the Hershey bar. There you go. Know. Exactly. <laughs> okay, next on word association here is uh, skinny jeans. Um, ball smashers. That's pretty much it. If you have to, that's what they are. If you ever try to put on skinny jeans, all they do is smash your nuts. So no, just just no. That's it. Yeah, I've never. I, I mean, I, I I've never understood it because you know I'm I'm actually pretty skinny, you know, and like, I, I think it's mm-hmm. just people trying to look like me, but again, like, I don't <laughs> see the appeal of like, every pair of jeans I wear is skinny jeans. Okay, and you know, this kind of look like they got skinny legs and they don't, all they end up doing is making themselves look, <laughs> look like they're uh, like a, I don't know, like an upside down triangle because they got these skinny jeans, but they end up nothing about oh, yeah. the top of them, on top of them, flapping over the jeans. <laughs> 
Or, 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 yeah, or, or, or a flamingo. Everyone wants to look like a flamingo. Right, a flamingo. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. <laughs> well, there's a casino in Vegas called the Flamingo, and they have actual right. flamingos there. It just came back to me. <laughs> but uh, you gonna go out to Las Vegas here at some point? I'm going to oh, my dude, yeah, I gotta go. I haven't gone yet, but I definitely need to hit Vegas soon. I, I enjoyed the go in uh, March. It's so cheap in March. I, you, you're like four hundred, four fifty round trip hotel. But, but here's the deal: in, in, in March, that's when my son gets spring break, and we go down to see my dad in Florida. So it's like getting time off work, and and uh, you know, just getting like DJ gigs covered and stuff like that. Sometimes a, a pain, but yeah, maybe I should do that. Maybe I should just like uh, hit up some clubs out in Vegas, see if I can get a tour going, get them to pay for my airfare. See, there you go. Now I'm thinking. You got me thinking now. Yeah. I mean, the they have a roller there. coaster there, too. You know, you know, he'd want to do that. And, uh, maybe in 10 years, he'd definitely be begging you to go to Vegas. And, <laughs> here 10 years from now, we're all going to be too old. We're not going to want to. Oh, okay. They don't want the old guy DJ in Vegas in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the last one here, word association, uh, is uh, you, you, I sent you this name, too. So I don't know if you... I gathered any thoughts together, but Bill Cosby. Oh, disappointing. I, I'd say that's my that's my biggest word about it. Um, growing up, my dad used to VHS record DV. Uh, this is pre-DVR, no DVR, but he used to always uh, VCR the uh, Cosby Show. And literally, he had almost. I, I, if I say almost every, every episode, that's probably an understatement. He probably had every episode of the Cosby Show in first run, recorded on VHS. Um, so yeah. I grew up on Cosby, on Bill Cosby. So for me, thinking about this man who did a brand of comedy that was clean, that's supposed to be family-friendly and very wholesome, and to think that he was out date-raping chicks um, and not even, you know, whatever it may be, um, it's disappointing, but, you know, I guess everybody's got a dark side to him, and, um, and, you know, I would almost say that, that there's a chance that it's false a- accusations because that's what I'd like to believe. But the fact is there's so many women that says it, and he admitted that he used to use quaaludes as part of his dating ritual, which means if, if you're losing, using quaaludes, it's not a dating ritual. It, it's the same as Rufian stuff today. I mean, that's, that's what it is. So bad bill, disappointing. I hope it was worth it. So I can say. Here's what gets me is uh... – when you're when you're a household name and you're that famous of a celebrity, like, aren't the women just like easily accessible? Like, why would you have right, to right. How, why you have to try so hard? It's, it's like, like it's the whole like, point like, of becoming rich and famous is you, you get the women, right? <laughs> right. It's like, it's like it's Mike Tyson's thing from like like years ago where they said, oh, she calls him at two o'clock in the morning from the hotel room. This was a booty call. Come on, we all know it's a booty call. Mike didn't rape that girl. Yeah. Mike didn't have any problems getting pussy. He, Mike could get it wherever he wanted to. Now, Bill, Bill's a little different. I don't know. Bill, Bill ain't built like Mike. So, Bill didn't have that same. I don't think there's women falling at Bill Cosby's feet, but there are plenty of women who fall at money. And Bill was rich. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see that that would have been a problem for him to get some and having, you know, going through the process of yeah. having to do that to get some. So, I don't know. I, I I think just even average guys. That's why I don't understand like the whole concept of paying for a hooker or something like that. The guys will do that. It's like it's not that hard to get laid. I'm not that great looking of a guy, but if I wanted to get some, I'm pretty sure I could go out and get some in one night if that was my goal. 
So to pay for you know to pay for it just doesn't make any sense to uh, to drug for it. Definitely doesn't make any sense to me, uh, especially when you got all that money. Just say hey, I mean seriously, he could have done that and said hey, um, I got a lot of money. I'll give it to you if you'd like to have some sex with me. <laughs> At least then it'd be a, like an adult transaction and with no harm, no foul, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so that'll get it. I made a lot. I made a lot of extra money on this pudding pop deal, so you know if we can go out. There. <laughs> right. It also brings a um, question that too. Uh, another taking it to a, a different area. Um, like, are the girls like I, I don't know? They're they're victims of Bill Cosby drugging them and raping them, but. But why do you go to a guy's hotel room at two in the morning? You know, if a girl comes to my house at two in the morning, you know, it's to do the deed. <laughs> so like, right. are there's, they? There's are she to blame? Even though they're like, why are you going there at two in the morning? <laughs> it's like we all know right, what that right. means. There's, yeah, exactly. It's like there's there's no secret handshake to tell me what you're here for. You know, we know why you're here. <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, uh, who is it? Ella Cool J song. Six minutes of pleasure. I know you don't love me. I know why you're here, but I ain't saying nothing. That, that's what happened. That's that's the two o'clock, two o'clock show up. That's that's what you're there for. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. So what what's going on? I, I know you recently merged your uh, yourself and your brand with 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 another brand. So if you wanted to tell everyone about your new uh, entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Anything I'm, going I'm on? Going well here. Um, basically, uh, for anybody who knows me, I've been I've been doing yeah obviously the club DJ thing for the last two decades, um, but that's not all I do. I've, I've done weddings the whole time too, and my, um, actually my first gig ever was a wedding gig, not a not a bar gig. Um, but um, it's been something I've been working on for a long time, and I've got a, a a guy that I made acquaintance with and friendship with that is also into this industry, and we were uh, we've talked about. Um, creating a bar nightclub experience together. Um, but in the process of merging that idea together, we started working together more on the wedding scene um, and private parties and stuff like that. And we merged our companies together and um, it's actually gone really, really well so far. Um, we have actually only been officially merged since the, uh, since October and we've uh, done one wedding show, but we've already been, um, claimed by WeddingWire.com, which is one of the most popular sites for brides and grooms to go to to plan their wedding, um, one of their uh, customer choice awards uh, because we have such great ratings and reviews on there. But anyway, yes, we uh, merged our companies together. It's now called D&M DJ Entertainment, and uh, went real well. So uh, business is picking up. I've been booked most most Saturdays um, for uh, gigs outside of a bar. Um, It's easy to get – I don't want to say it's easy – um, if you've been around town for a while and you have enough connections, you can get yourself booked most Fridays and Saturday nights um, with a little effort. Um, getting wedding gigs, on the other hand, is a little more effort, but obviously a, a better paycheck because that's someone entrusting you with a, what should only be one day of their life. And ho- hopefully, <laughs> for some of us, we might have a couple wedding days. Um, but they're, uh, obviously, it's more lucrative, and it's also a lot more fun and a different experience with a different kind of uh, skill set the DJ has to utilize going into that scene than just the bar scene. But anyway, that's what's going on as far as that's concerned, and that's uh, uh, taken up a lot of my time, but it's all been uh, energy well spent for sure. Oh, yeah, and I know, I know a couple of people that are friends of mine that are going to be getting married this year, so you know, I'll, I'll probably be ending up having to go to you. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, um, say, you have to get a hold of me. 
You recently just told me that a song that I thought was a Dave Matthews band was actually John Mayer. <laughs> and then I was talking about how I didn't like John Mayer. Oh, which song was that we were talking about? I remember that. <laughs> the No Such Thing. Oh, yeah, No Such Thing as the Real World. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I started hearing it a lot, actually. You know when someone mentions a song and then it seems like everywhere you go, you end up hearing it? <laughs> yep. Going to restaurants, just playing. But I said I didn't like his voice. Now, um, are there any people in music, either a thing like that or just that you just don't like? Like, you, you, you just makes your skin crawl. Just, just makes you want to like, slash their throat so they stop singing. <laughs> Um, I, you know, and what I don't say Jamie Joshua, (laughs) I don't do Jamie Joshua live, damn radio show host. No, um, in my industry, obviously I've got, I've got to have the knowledge of lots of different artists and, and try to find an appreciation of their music because I'm going to have to mix it into my sets or, you know, do it by request at weddings or whatever. But I'll just be honest with you. I don't care how talented she is. I don't care how pretty her voice might be. I do not care for the music of Adele. I do not care for Adele at all. And it's maybe because they overplay her, but it's also because um, every song of her sounds like a dirge. It sounds like it should be played at a funeral. It sounds like it should be played um, on a commercial where sick puppies are dying around the world where your 99 cents a day could save lives. That's what kind of music Adele makes, and it freaking annoys the sh- sh- stuffing out of me. I don't know. I, just can't, I, can't, I can't deal with Adele. And um, the worst thing is, you hear him so much, especially like his new song, Hello. You hear it so much on the radio, you know all the damn words to it, and you hate yourself for it. You hate yourself for listening to this ridiculous songwriting. I mean, obviously people like it somewhere, but, yeah, I'm not one of those people. So, But that being said, if you would like Adele to be your first dance song at your wedding, I am your DJ. So I will play it. Yeah, you'll play it, but on that date, I love it. Like, I really can't wait to turn this next one on. <laughs> right. <laughs> like this, this was yeah, the anyone from that, version. It only lasted 35 seconds. That's right. That's the short version. Anyone more more from the past that you can think of? Like maybe a old rock band or something? It's like a, no, let's see. Old rock bands. In the David 90s. Bowie. I just listened to his new one last night. My brother forced me to. I'm like, this guy's voice is just... <laughs> I, like I said, I always liked Bowie, so I can't... I, don't, I haven't learned... He's got new stuff. I, I, didn't, I didn't know if the nursing home would let you record in your wheelchair, but... He has a, song, um, a new song called Tis a Pity She Was a Whore. It's track two on the new album oh. Black Star. <laughs> nope. I have not heard that, but um, yeah, no, I, like, I like Bowie. I like I like singing the blues. I mean, I like, I like most older classic rock. Um, I mean, honestly, my genre that I, I really don't care as much for in general is country. Um, but even in that genre, there are certain country musicians that I really enjoy, and they're not even necessarily the ones that have you know pop or crossover appeal. They might be the twangiest of the twangy, but I like I, I like them. But I, I'd say when it comes to uh, older music, I think I can find more appreciation for it because it's not saturating the radio today. You know, it's, it's that saturation that makes you really dislike something. When you sit here and say you dislike John Mayer, it's because over the past probably decade and a half or whatever, John Mayer's made a lot of music. You've heard a lot of John Mayer, and you want John Mayer to shut the fuck up. So that's why you dislike I don't John think it's Mayer. it's been a decade and a half, maybe. Maybe, yeah, it's, it's maybe a decade. John Mayer, yeah, you know, I'd say, I'd say at least a decade, decade and a half. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, that's probably what it is. It's just, it just grates on you because you hear it so much. 
Whereas, like, when you look backwards and into older bands and older classic rock and stuff, um, nah, I, I, I'd say most of it I can I can appreciate because I'm not it's not oversaturated. Somebody I know, uh, rapper uh, Scopes that I had on the show last uh-huh. year. He did a thing about his top five R&B singers of all time. And I was just like, anyone mentioned Prince, you know? But uh, somebody actually came on there and said, Pharrell Williams. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, yeah. this guy, I was your favorite oh, singer of all time. <laughs> I, I don't even know that Pharrell sings a whole lot, even when he does songs. I mean, I mean he's singing technically, but I, I don't think it's like vocally trained. I wouldn't consider him an R&B singer. I can consider him a a producer that decided to do a little bit on his own. I think for Pharrell is to what R&B, what Puff Daddy was to uh, to rap music. He wasn't a rapper at all. He was a producer, but he could, he would, he wanted some of that limelight. So he'd go up in there and, and like, like, rap Do himself. just enough, like do just enough to to get do by just while, while being a good producer. He can, he can right exactly. One tone, get a falsetto no, a bit. No, when it comes to the top like all time greats. <laughs> when it goes right. down to the all time greats. Pharrell Williams yeah. definitely top five. <laughs> no, no, I'd say I'd say that'd be a negative. Um no, not that I don't not that I just like Pharrell, I, I respect him, but I respect him as a producer. I don't respect I mean I don't I don't disrespect him as a as a R and B artist, but I would never consider him an R and B singer. I just wouldn't I don't look at him that way. When it comes to like R and B groups, I'm thinking Joe to see Tony, 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 uh Blackstreet, you know. The, the groups of the '90s that I loved, um, those are those are my in my top R&B groups of all time. Unless you want to go back to the Motown era, where of course you can put in you know the Four Tops and the Temptations and stuff. But um, and then, unfortunately, in modern times, R&B groups don't exist anymore. In modern times, they, I mean there are R&B singers, but you don't have R&B groups like you used to, and that's that's kind of a sad thing. Um, so that's that was a that's probably a pretty good question that you uh, proposed to Dana on that one is to ask about about the top five R&B groups of all time because it kind of eliminates everybody today by nature. Yeah, when you R&B, think about R&B, R&B groups, right away, boys, men, Jodeci, things like that. Yeah. That was a long time. Absolutely. They just don't make them like that anymore. You would have to go to, like, B2K. <laughs> like, it was like... Right, right. B2K was band. probably about the end of it, right. And then uh, whatever the... Drew, um, Drew Hill was exactly. maybe... B2. There was a um a thing on uh on Facebook that I saw about two long ago where there was like six different R and B groups and they said, you know, who who's your you, you know, you have to pick your favorite or whatever. Jodeci being one of them, that's that's one of my favorite R and B groups of all time and it probably will never be surpassed. Um uh, more than there, which I said was a close number two. Now, somebody actually got up there and said, Well, I don't even consider Boys the Men an R and B group because all their stuff's too tame, and they're talking about making love. It's not about sex and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so that makes it not R&B? Because apparently R&B stands for rhythm and booty, and it doesn't have anything to do with rhythm and blues. I don't know. That's the R. Kelly effect on it. Right. R. Kelly makes all sorts he does. You become, you've associated the fact that if it's R&B, it has to be about sex. And, and uh, but yeah, boys and men, they try to go clean. They try to say, I'll make love to you instead of I'll make anal to you. And that's not good <laughs> to everybody that wants the R&B groups to be freaky. It's actually pretty funny. Now, you know, uh, about the time that R, that they were popular, that uh, Boys and Men was popular, so it was R. Kelly. And they both had a, um, a concert 
at at the fairgrounds. This was back in the day, back when I was in high school. They both had a concert at the fairgrounds. The fairgrounds. Um, the fairgrounds Coliseum, two days apart, and they were yeah. sa- wondering if one of them took away from the other. And pretty much anybody who knew really knew R and B music goes, no, boys to men fans in general are not the same fans as R. Kelly fans and vice versa. One of them is not going to take away from the effect of the other. They're both R&B groups, but they're so very different. Um, you know, you can't really, you can't associate the same kind of music and same kind of crowd that they'll draw. Yeah, and um, we've already done a half hour here. Um, I, I have one more thing I really want to get to, um, your opinion on this. Now, uh, you know Bone Thugs and Harmony, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Crazy Bone has, you know, you know how all members of Bone always drop new albums, but, you know, they never get, you know, <laughs> no, never get heard, them, basically. Yeah. Like, you have to you have to go and find them, or you just see them in the store, you know, <laughs> or you might come across it online, like, one right. guy, you know, know, that likes Bone shares a new song or something. Well, this is completely just me looking this up. Like, I didn't even know that Crazy Bone had a new album called Chasing the Devil. <laughs> I was just investigating, you know, sometimes I just go and look people up. So I found his uh, new album, and um, I'm just going to turn on, like, I'm going to play the first minute of it, and then I'm going to ask you if you see what I mean. Because you remember when Bone started out, they had a producer named DJ Unique. They had a whole unique right. sound and a producer that was all their own. But then, of course, as as time goes on, like people's music changes. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I'll play the first minute of it. You'll kind of see what I mean, pretty sure. Okay. And this is your chance to call. Send me an angel. Should they continue to do what they've always done, 
to where, like, because I'm listening to this, and it's, it's a decent song, you know, despite what it is. Like, right. It's not crazy bone. That's not what you would think when you, or want, when you put it in a bone CD. I'm listening to it. I kind of like it, but I, I'd, you know, rather him have stuck to whatever, <laughs> what I go to bone for. So, like, like do you, I'm sure you've seen this a lot, like crazy mode, well, not the first the, person. If you call it selling out or whatever, whatever you call it, like, I, oh, I, I have to make this kind of song. Yeah, I think it's trying to stay relevant. Yeah, I think all relevant. of us do it. Um, they have to evolve. But the, pro- the, the problem with it, when uh, I don't want to call them lazy, but some artists evolve lazy. They evolve retroactively. It's almost like they're catching the end of the scene instead of being on the pulse of the scene and coming out at the beginning. So if he's just putting this album out now, he's behind the yeah. scene. He's, you know, he's, he's at the backside of dubstep. Yeah. Dubstep had it. Yeah, he's a few years late. <laughs> right, right. I mean, dubstep has had its years already. I mean, it's, 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 if it's not on the way out, it's, it's, it's cut out. You know, he didn't capitalize on it at the right time, or he took too much damn time putting his album out. Um, so if you want to look at it that way, but... I think like really like 2011. Too. If he hit him with this in 2011, they'd be like, "Oh, right. new cutting edge, crazy bone." Right, right. Yeah, it's he's on the pulse of things. It's like, you know, it's, it's almost like what I heard. Um, you know, like I said, it, to me, it, it sounded, and I'm not even just saying the the tempo and the beat, everything about it, even the rap style sounded like Flo Rida has been doing lately, and to me, it sounded kind of like um, going down for real. If you think about that, going down for real is another one that's kind of on the back end of the dubstep sound. But it was, you know, a year and a half ago that it came out. So it was kind of, uh, okay, you, you know, it's still relevant. But if something comes out like that now, everything's gone trap style now. So if you're a rap and, and to rap, you don't want to go with the dubstep sound. You want to go with the trap sound. And that definitely wasn't the trap sound. So he's, he's behind the pace. But, you know, I mean, it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't a bad song. Um, I thought his delivery was good in it. And I thought the uh, um, Send Me an Angel part was kind of, I mean, it was kind of cool, but, I think he he wrote it too long. He like wrote that part of it too long. Um, that should have been yeah. you know just a, a hook for it, you know, instead of a big long thirty second intro. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have to, did not have the patience for that. <laughs> right, I was, I was long, like, going on intro. Start rapping or what? Is he gonna start rapping? Okay, <laughs> he's gonna keep sending us an angel with his auto tune. I got you. Um, yeah, yeah. Too I much think it was Doctor Gray. Dr. Dre, in an interview back 20 years ago that I remember, said, the listener gives you about 10 to 15 seconds. If you don't do something in that first 10 to 15 seconds to draw them in, and they're probably going to turn you off. 100% accurate. 110% accurate. Very true. And that was 20 that, years that ago, so now it might be down to 5 or 10 seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> we, are, we are an ADHD society. If you don't get us quick, then, then we're switching the station or whatever it may be. I mean, think about it. If any new song that I hear on, on the radio or something, I'll give them exactly that. And, and that's why I flip stations a lot. So I'll, I'll hear something new, and, and I'll catch it in the middle of it because every once in a while I will find something that that just grabs me quickly. But then other things, it's like I'll skip past them over and over again, and I'll, I'll look at it. I don't even care. You know, I've got satellite radio, so it always tells you who the artist is and what the title of the song is. And it could be yeah. a very popular artist. And I'll tell you, I can tell you in 15 seconds of it, this will not get played for very long. And I'll, I'll be damned if I'm not right most of the time because I can just tell if it's catchy enough to get enough repeated play that I'll ever need to actually invest in buying the song to play in the clubs or something like that because that's how long you get. You don't get very long to capture, capture somebody. And, yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. I don't know if Dre said that, but he's absolutely 100% right. That's 
your your chances to capture your audience are very very short. Yeah, can I get your opinion on future? I, well, I have my own opinion on future. I I just like <laughs> I wasn't born music. yesterday. I've heard plenty of good music before. No, I, I I will say I I don't I don't care for his future. I don't care for his style of rap. I don't care for his style of music personally. Um, a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that, right or wrong, I don't listen to music anymore just for the sake of wanting to hear it and appreciate it as much as I can. That's that's the downside of the job. And I've told you this before is that sometimes I have to listen for stuff to say what well, how will my crowd react to it. And I had a gentleman mm-hmm. come into the. Uh, to, to the club that I work at on Friday night, uh, just this past Friday night, and said, hey, can you play something by Future? I'm like, and I, I asked him, I said, I said, sincerely, dude, tell me, what song by Future do you think this club is going to want to hear and dance to? And he said, <laughs> all right, I feel you, I feel you, and then he switched it up to something that was, you know, danceable. But, but that's how I look at it. It's like, it's like, do you actually stop and think, does anyone want to hear this, or did you just request that because somebody told you that Future's hot? And Future's... You know, whatever. I, I I think that Future is one of these. When he came out a couple of years ago, I, I still have yet to hear a song that makes me think I want to play this. I want to play this now. Where depending on where I was when I was at Evolution a couple of years ago, it's a different crowd than the kind of crowd I perform for now. And yes, some of them would want to hear it because I hate to say, it, but they they idolize the uh, the lifestyle that is being promoted by such records. So it doesn't even really matter. Who's saying it? Well, if they're any good or not, it's a matter that they're 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 putting out records that glorify the the lifestyle that they think is hot or cool or whatever it may be. Even if I completely disagree, it doesn't matter. It's just you know, so you play for your crowd. But for the most part, uh, future can go away, <laughs> and I'll be happy. Future can become the past, and that 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 suit me well. I was on my way to see Tiesto at Nationwide Arena uh, mm-hmm. two or three years ago, and that song Rihanna oh, had with Future came on, and I I'm, I'm seriously listening to it. And I'm like, this is a joke, right? This is like what it sounds like when somebody like Dave Chappelle makes a parody of somebody to make fun of them. <laughs> like that's how bad this is. And then I'm like, wait, no, it's not a parody. This is a Rihanna song. This is an actual song. <laughs> like people yeah. now you have the rapper Young Thug who is like the hip hop oh, version that, that of Future Auto right Yeah, that was my next thought. Young Thug? Young Thug personifies everything about when I was growing up and which is this was totally not true during the time that I was growing up when people would say, You like rap music? I said, Yeah, like obviously yeah, I like rap music. Like I can't understand what they're saying. Man, rap music is obviously probably the easiest music to understand what they're saying because there's literally Speaking it rhythmically in me. But yeah. now Young Cug, you can't understand what the hell he's saying. And you really can't. And he raps to not be understood. And if that's your goal, literally, it's not uh, understood, then it's off. One day, Kid Money, Kid Money said something about Young Thug on Facebook. And so I went and found a Young Thug. And people were talking about him on my radio show a year ago, like Justin Titty and King Buck and people I had on here like last year this time. And then, so I went and found Young Thug. It was a video with Rich Homie Kwan. <laughs> Again, it was, it was like, it's 
great rapper or anything, yeah. but had his fair share of popularity, I guess, amongst the kids. <laughs> but, uh, I actually saw Young Thug and like listened to it, and I'm just laughing, like almost tears coming out of my eyes, thinking like oh, yeah. Dave Chappelle doing a thing to make fun of people. It, but no, yeah, it's like, it is absolutely the guy. It is a caricature of a hip hop artist. That is exactly what it is. It's like you think you go to the fair and you said, "Here's me now, draw me as a hip hop artist." Young Thug is what's going to come out because they're going to say, "Okay, I'm going to take everything about you and I'm going to blow up all the bullshit parts of of of, of the hip hop culture and put it on there." And there you go. There's Young Thug. Your skinny jeans, your 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 big chains, your gold teeth, your big sunglasses, your mumbling. That's that's Young Thug. He is a caricature of all the negative things that people think about hip hop. It's it's awful. It's awful because it's that's what you know. I don't think people are pining for Young Thug's new album or anything, regardless of what kind of beef they try to start with Lil Wayne and all that. Which Lil, yeah, that's the worst thing. Okay, there's there's my thing. Lil Wayne became towards the you know towards the height of his popularity. He became to me on the extreme of the negative aspects of, 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 of hip-hop, the kind of funny aspects of it. And then Young Thug yeah. came out, 